coming up, we review another Western Sydney Wanderers Adelaide United thriller. Talk a bit about the uh, the favelas and uh, analyze Melbourne City's recent slump. That's uh, coming up right after this. To another episode of the Front Page Football Podcast, and tonight I'm joined by Antonis Pagonis and Cody Ajada, and we're going to first discuss the game which occurred on Friday night in the A-League men between the Western Sydney Wanderers and Adelaide United. Before that, Cody, how are you doing on this lovely Sunday night? I'm doing quite well, thank you for asking, Christian Marchetti. Okay. and uh, Yes. <laughs> And so, there's always a hint of sarcasm when he answers that question. It's it's really it's really weird. But uh, Antonis, how are you? Love, Christian, I do it with love. I know you do. Antonis, how are you? I'm also good, Christian Mike Heavy. Just <laughs> came back from the MPL. Have to write a couple of things on that, but yeah. good to talk about the A-League first. Looking forward to it. And you're wearing an Arsenal top, which makes me want to launch myself the through the screen, but that's all right. I believe the correct term, Antonis, is get to. We're conversation here this season, so just stay in your lane and we'll stay in ours. Oh, trust me, we've, we've definitely got our own lane, uh, Chelsea, that is, I'm referring to. Um, anyway, let's move on, because I don't want to talk about them any longer. I <laughs> know. Oh, uh, okay. So let's, let's, let's get into this game, because I had this, I had this one on my radar, um, regardless of how it was going to go to kind of talk about it, because, um, yeah, uh, to get your perspective, Antonis in particular, but then we saw the game that we saw and, and it was even more important to discuss it. So. I mean, for me, it kind of screams as another big statement from Adelaide United. So, I mean, they've gone on the road um, and, you know, won away to a team which has not been easy to beat um, at home all season. And now, I mean, you know, they passed the Melbourne City test a couple weeks ago. They've passed this test. They thrashed Wellington. Um, you know, they're kind of ticking all these boxes at the moment, aren't they? In isolation, they're all very impressive results. But when you zoom out, it's 11 games unbeaten now. 11 games, that's like nearly a third of the season going on. So weird, but it's so weird. And I think we both agree. It's not something you could really see coming. No, that's, yeah. Time in charge has been characterized, I guess, by, okay, a a very solid month here, then a month where you can't buy a win there, then another four or five games, you look fantastic. But this is 11 games. This is three games now from the club record under Guillermo Moore in the mm. championship winning year. So, and with the run coming up, which I'm sure we'll discuss a bit later, you know, you'd back them to actually equal that record. It's been very impressive. It's not just, oh, you're getting away with wins. You are going into people's places. You're going at home and you've got people wanting to watch you play football and you put the frights of God in the other teams because Look at the amount of goals Adelaide scoring. Three goals, four goals, three goals, four goals. It's high-scoring stuff. It's hard to beat. They don't defend very well. But when you're scoring like that, you're not going to lose many games. But the, the defensive side is a problem though, right? I mean, they're, they're not... That, that, is, that is something which... I mean, even, even like the kiddo piece at left back is still, you know, I would say a bit worrying from their perspective um, and probably has been. But I mean, I know they're scoring a lot of goals, but that's still something which could linger... Um, come you know, come the come the the decisive part of the season, of course, in the finals. Yeah, for sure. But when the other teams are conceding as much as you, 
Mm. And, you know, if there's no team like last year's Western United that you're like, all right, once they score a goal, yep. they're going to shut up shop. We thought the Wanderers may be that, but they're mortal, you know, and now they're going to finish off the season by the looks of it without their captain, which we'll talk about a bit later. But Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. Mortal. Melbourne City is mortal, we saw today. It's, there's mm. not going to be a side that Adelaide comes up against that you can put your money on that they might keep Adelaide scoreless. It's just not happening these days. And scoring's on their side. It feels like everyone's scoring. We saw Ben Warland score two goals. Ben War- since when does Ben? I've written. I've actually. I've actually written on my my notes here. Adelaide set piece merchants was one of my um was one of my points. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I um, was speaking about on the night is a couple of years ago. I remember Adelaide United being the only side in the competition halfway through that hadn't scored from a set piece. And it feels like every round you you see them go close or score one or two set pieces, three set pieces on. Friday night, which again a few years ago. Oh well, Adelaide, Adelaide have always had this kind of um, aspect of having like games where you'd have ten to fifteen corners and not even like create chances from them, <laughs> let alone you know. And then of all players, Ben Warland is the one getting his head on these uh, as well. I mean, um, when you've got, I mean, when you've got the guy with the best delivery in the competition, probably only second to Jacob Dows. Um, you know that that kind of helps as well. Okay, no. Goodwin's got better delivery than Dallas. Come on, I was just just making a joke there, and I got I got a weird I got a weird look by both of you just then. That was that was like you got to retract that look, straight I, away. I like Jacob Dallas's delivery this is as much as the next guy, but we're talking about probably one of the best the best left foot in the world in world football, bar none. I will go somewhere in between you two and say he's in a completely different universe from Jacob Dallas, but just a little bit below Messi, I'd say. Who's <laughs> messy? Apparently, no good one. Uh, look, he's he's got a miraculous left foot. Let's let's not um yeah let's not be around the bush and and dare I say if you're an Adelaide centre back going off those set pieces you're getting the premium service in the league. So um yes, yeah. the point about the mm. set pieces it wasn't like you see oh a random scramble in the box. They were well worked routines. You know, even mm-hmm. the first one when you go short and you deliver it. How many times throughout the years have we seen Adelaide United play it short and they actually start an attack for the other side because of how badly it goes? These were well-worked set pieces that troubled the statistical best defensive side from set pieces this year to a point where they scored three goals against them. So it's... That's true. That's true. The Wanderers, yeah, the Wanderers from, you know, the early parts of the season have been very good at defending set pieces. You know, you do make a really good point there. Cody, I haven't really got your thoughts on on the game, I, I guess, as a whole, because you were there, right? I was there, yes. I, I did enjoy Antonis' rundown of it, but it was um, very good to listen to. So, didn't want to interrupt that. That's why I kind of stayed quiet for a little bit. No, um, I think everything that you said was kind of on the money. You're talking Adelaide, as much as maybe then, look, if you're winning a game like that, you probably don't necessarily want to win off three set pieces, but even maybe the chances they didn't score did feel like every time Adelaide went forward, it was dangerous. But even the Wanderers, every time they went forward, it was, mm. they looked likely to score as well. And I understand what you're talking about with maybe Adelaide do have those defensive issues that they got to sort out. But if their desperate defending is going to be the way it is, and if Gauchi in particular is going to step up the way I thought he did on, um, Friday. Um, I don't know if you're get, giving me a weird look. I actually thought Gauchi had quite a good game. A great way to kind of come off his first soccer. Oh, I, was, I wasn't giving him a weird look. Were you giving me a weird look, Antonis? I don't know. I thought I saw one coming from you, but I guess we'll move on from that. 
No, um, but yeah, look, if you're going to have people that can step up in those situations, then maybe do you ignore it? Maybe, maybe do you bank on individual performances like that? But yeah, look, maybe possibly something to address at training at least. But I don't know if I'd say it's like emergency worrying signs or anything like that. Uh, with Gauchi, I'll go back to your point there because coming into the actual Socceroos call-up, Gauchi had been slightly shaky. Many will remember the game against Wellington, I think it was when, yeah, when he turned the ball over and Barbarossa's missed basically meters away from the goal. But after a performance like that, that will only give him confidence. And I think, like, the goals Alignar's conceding, they, there doesn't seem to be a pattern here. It's, they're all like, you know, it's kind of like the goals Melbourne victory are conceding, you know, silly errors here. It's, I feel like it's going to click the way they're going. And I feel if it clicks and this attacking game continues, they're going to be very hard to beat. And now they know they can beat the Wanderers. With Melbourne City, we all know the trouble Melbourne City has beating Adelaide United. And if they're missing a couple of key players, Adelaide United's positioning itself very well going into the point at the end of the season. I feel like yeah, the depth yeah. is underrated. Like you're talking about if you're missing players here or there. Every every player that Adelaide brought off the bench, as much as they're probably school aged at the at, in a way, they still look like they don't look out of place in that side. They they're willing to square up to a side, a Wanderers side who's full of senior players nowadays as well. You're talking about a side who, you know, there's they might they may be inexperienced, but they make up for it in, I guess, natural talent, bravery, and anything else that you'd want from someone coming off the bench. And that takes me. I'll go to the Marcelo incident here. We saw what happened when he came up to Nestor Okunda and confronted him. The two players that stepped up, the first two players for Lucky Bar came in looking for blood, were <laughs> and Luka Jovanovic. You know, these are two kids who have made the debuts this season. They've only got a handful of games under their belt. But again, I'll go back to it. There's a reason why these kids are on the pitch at that time and they're empowered to take that action. Because this started from last year. If you see the bench in during the finals of last year, it was a very youthful bench to United's detriment at the end of the season. But because you back your kids then, a lot of them are no longer these kids that will come in wide are not sure what they're going to do. They're coming in as players who are starting to prove themselves at this level. And you see United's depth. If you look at the bench on the weekend, it's all kids. It's self-made. It's self-made depth, and it's depth that is driving them now to compete for the top spot of the ladder. The ladder. So it's yeah. very impressive what's happening. Yeah, I agree, but you can't say it's depth in the sense that like Melbourne City have depth, right? It's 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 completely different. It's I don't more, think anyone it, in the competition has that kind of depth, to be fair. And no, no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, expect anyone yeah. to have that kind of depth either. No, 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 I totally agree. What I'm saying is it's a depth in a sense that one week you have the young guys come off and they'll contribute and they'll be good, but then maybe the next week they're you know. They're, they're going to have an off night. I think, in a sense, though, that that is that's probably a weakness for Adelaide. Maybe in comparison to to definitely a Melbourne City, where you know, can you rely on your options off the bench on the one off game when it matters in the finals to to contribute for you? But I mean, that's 
yeah, that's that is kind of a um um not a minute point, but you know, as long as that starting eleven is 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 fit and firing, I mean, you have to wait and see what the deals with Isaiah is because he came off course injured as well. Um, then then they've got a chance. But what what's going on with these Wanderers Adelaide games? That's the other thing as well because I mean, it's like what is it, thirteen goals in the last two games that they've played? Four all was the last time they played before this one at Coopers, um, which was very well known for the for the infamous Carl Viet. Uh, complete rant when um when Amor Layuni scored the equalizer at the end. Um, I don't know if if either of you are seeing something when these two are playing that's making it for this open expansive game. I, it's, it just seems very bizarre. Look, I remember being at the Adelaide Wanderers game. I think it was the third game they played last season. It was a nil or draw at um Combank, and it was probably the most boring game of football <laughs> that I sat through. So I am more than welcoming of this. But you know, game. you know what's funny as well is that. Um, Calvi, uh, spoke to media the day before, um, the game and he was saying, you know, kind of jokingly said like, oh, you know, I think me and, me and Roods would hope that, you know, it's not the same game as it was here when we played with the four all. <laughs> and then that, that kind of, I was thinking of it came to my mind as I was watching the game and just thinking like, yeah, <laughs> so that hasn't happened. Um, yeah. Is, Antonis, is there anything that you kind of saw, which is why these teams are kind of just keep playing out these thrillers? Going back to last year, um, with the Wanderers especially, Rudan at the time was just making the best of a bad situation he inherited. This season, the additions have been his. He's starting to gel together. And I think the way, and it's why we always get a fun game between Adelaide United and Melbourne City, Adelaide United provokes you. Um, Ado Vilicic, I think it was, we mentioned after a game, it's like Adelaide United cheats their forwards in the way that they play. They go up, they attack, and then they hang around for a few seconds because the opposition sees openings, they want to attack because obviously a player may be missing. But if they, they turn the ball over quickly, guess who's ready to counter-attack? Those United players who are still coming back in those attacking positions. When that happens, it's very it, it's a lot easier to engage in that battle, in that shootout, rather than to sit back and be the disciplined side. So I feel like, again, the Wanderers have been strong defensively, but they are a very talented side offensively. So, you know, when a side challenges you to a shootout like that, it's very easy. To well, if I, more to the point. The yeah, yeah, more to the point. I think if you're Adelaide and you're getting in a shootout, you have to back the attacking talent that you've got to score goals, which which is probably more than, than a Wanderers. I mean, Melbourne City, that's where things get a bit trickier. But as you said before, and you're right, that they stack up pretty well against Melbourne City, but we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But yeah, I think that you look at the game on Friday. I mean, that was all about transition. It was just end to end, and I think Adelaide going up against the Wanderers, it probably suits Adelaide a lot more. I mean, Rudin wants to have more of a controlled game. He wants to have his players to have the game in front of them. They can see everything. That's why you've got the Marcelos, the Marcellos of this world in there, even Morgan Schneider and this and the other. But once you get those guys moving, I mean, I saw some stuff. You know, even on social media about the Wanderers' mobility in midfield. Even a player of Cal Mjolnir, you know, is he the quickest? Does he cover the ground like like he hoping to? You know, and I think that the Wanderers, if you can get them basically in that sort of scenario where it's transition and it's end to end, and they're basically you know out on their feet for the whole ninety minutes, then that's where you can really really hurt them. Uh, that's where United's play of actually attacking you and not engaging in that and. Mm working in track because United lives and dies by its transition by engaging in that and hitting them first then the Wanderers have to 
try something different because no longer can you just sit back and wait for it to happen and frustrate the opposition because the opposition is leading. And we see that United does that to a few teams where it shakes them off their game because guess what? You've got the lead. We've got the lead now. You need to come and attack us. And the other team will attack because they've seen the frailties in Adelaide. You know, they know they're mortal back there. They will attack. But then by engaging in that, you're actually favoring Adelaide's game because Adelaide seems to be happy to concede one if it's going to score two more on you. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. So you want to sit back against them, but if they hit you first, what do you do? Well, if you're being devil's advocate, you could also say that they scored three goals um, from, or well, two goals from set pieces, or three, I'm trying to remember. I'm literally trying to remember the goals. Hang on. <laughs> three. I thought it was three. Um, yeah, three goals from set pieces, and you could say, oh, well, they didn't really, like, you know, break them down properly. You know, did they really kind of actually break down the Wanderers when they were in a low block or did they kind of just rely on set pieces if you were being really critical or, or anything like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, the thing about the A-League where you have to look at things differently to other leagues is that at the end of the day, it doesn't work come finals. It doesn't work come a one-off game. And I mean, if Adelaide are going to score from set pieces, then it will work come a one-off game because that's, that's, that's what you rely on really heavily. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think the, um, the, the set piece stuff for them is something that's just going to be really important and a really good weapon for them heading into, heading into the finals. But let's, uh, yeah, let's get into that. Um, let's get in this whole Marcelo thing because, um, yeah, I've been kind of, I've been kind of looking forward to talking to this. Um, and Antonis mentioned it already, um, around, around the, the Adelaide players and how they reacted. Uh, my, so here's my first thing straight up. I mean, Nesta's 17 years old. So if you're going to put a 17 year old in a headlock, um, you know, you're you're an idiot uh, um you know for one I'm, I'm sorry like that's just that's just absolutely ridiculous but more to the point sorry is that if you're Cal Nuanoff, um you know you can't really expect not a 17 year old to not retaliate when you when you you know pull him back like that he's 17 i mean he's gonna retaliate right you know he's not he's not a 30 year old campaigner who understands the game on that at that level um so you know and i saw a lot of people say that Oh, well, Nesta, Nesta should know better. You know, he should know there's a tactical foul, but it's like, should he? Should he really know better? <laughs> I mean, you know, this kid hasn't even started a game of football yet. Started a game the of professional football yet. When you're, it doesn't, doesn't even matter about the age. There's a lot of people, even older, older than him, that if the tactical foul, they're probably going to react, especially if they're yeah. in a situation where they are a little bit frustrated. And if there is a criticism I have of Aaron Kunda, it's not necessarily just about him in that moment, but even when he missed um, a shot right in front of goal, Earlier in the game, you could see the frustration starting to build up in front of him. That's why, at least from my point of view, the moment Nuanov grabbed him like that, I knew he was going to react. Yeah. So that does come from an experience as well. 100%. He's 17. You aren't going to have the best mentality in those sorts of situations, but it's a learning curve for him, and it's one that he really does need to take in his stride. He is a very emotional player. You saw after yeah. the Wellington game how he reacted after the game after missing that open goal. He wasn't happy. But, you know... You come off the, he makes a soccer squad, he's happy. Obviously, he doesn't make the, he doesn't get on the field, which I know he'd be frustrated by it, even though he's got a long career, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Then you get on the pitch and you see open highway to go on the pack, and then you get pulled back. Anyone would be upset. Anyone would be upset. Yeah. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, sorry. And this is more what Cody was saying is to more a response to what Cody was saying is, okay, he's an emotional player, but it's like, well, he's 17. Of course, he's going to be emotional. This, this yeah. is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. But it's even more going by the context of the frustration. Oh, okay, I want to go improve myself. He's scoring off every time he's going on the bench. He sees it's his chance and he gets pulled back. Of course, he's going to get upset. But 
okay, his teammates are there. I'm sure Carl Pitt said after the game, he needs to be better there. He needs to understand it. But for me, when an experienced player like uh, Marcella comes in, I don't care where you're born or what your upbringing was. When you're the experienced player there, you need to go and calm the situation down, not instigate something else. And I know Marco Rudan was upset that Lockie Barr came in. Well, if my 17-year-old teammate was put in the headlock, I'd be running in like that as well. Yeah. And uh, he didn't do anything worse hmm. than Marcelo did. He just went in to confront them, push his way through, and didn't punch anyone. Well, it's, yeah, but what, what, what's so bizarre is that if you actually go back and watch the clip, there's actually a good probably two, three seconds between when Nuanoff and Irin Kunda are actually broken up initially and then when Marcelo comes in Marcelo completely he completely instigates the whole situation he, he honestly if he doesn't do that probably everyone just walks away and everything's all good and then he does that and it completely blows everything up it's absolutely ridiculous it's Christian, an absolutely Christian. ridiculous action you are forgetting clearly the most important point in all here, of here, this and that here, is here we go here we go and that <laughs> is that Marcelo was born and raised in in the favelas <laughs> I believe it was so of course, he's gonna have that reaction. Apparently, according to Mark Rudin, there's there's no apparent- this this favelas thing. There's like there is no way that you can look at it and be like, oh yeah, he's got a point there. <laughs> it's like the, the, it's 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 a bogus argument. I don't know where he's come out with it. I'm sorry, and I'm actually no. I'm actually quite glad that Daniel McBreen on the on the uh, on the panel on the on Paramount actually when they when they went back to the studio was basically like, yeah, I'm not buying that, and it's like, yeah, good, you shouldn't because because it's rubbish. But uh, you know what? I found this quite offensive too. What are you saying that anyone that was born there just does not have any rational way of dealing with? How do you think? How do you think Rudin comes up with this stuff? Do you think he like thinks about this? He has this like ready, like ready to go for this scenario? Or? Uh, it's just there's there's no logical way to engage with this comment for me. I just do not know where to attack it from. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many holes in here. What what's your point is where I'm going because if you look at his press conferences, oh, you need to understand that Marcelo was born in the was born and raised in the favelas, and then he just moved on. He's just dropping that in there for no reason. <laughs> moving on. What's your point? Because are you saying he did the right thing there? I brought it up the other day. Imagine saying, oh, he put me in the headlock, but the referee thinks okay, but he was born in the favelas, so I'm not going to do anything now. You just have to understand that. But what do you want? The, yeah, but the, these aren't someone in their headlock. Imagine headlock, if, headlock. If everyone, hang on, in headlock. The, these aren't normal headlocks. Are you having a look at what this guy's actually doing? These aren't normal headlocks. He's like got the guy from the front staring at him right eye to eye, like literally nose to nose. I don't even know what he's doing, and he's like holding him there for like a good five seconds. Like, he did the sale earlier in the season as well, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Threw that brother up as a defense, and I'm sorry, saying. Oh, but the bank robber robbed banks before he was never caught. It's not the argument here. Because that's what she said. He was doing in the derby season against Melbourne Victory. So what? Yeah, no. no the, point, the point is, he shouldn't do it. It doesn't matter who he's doing exactly. it to. Imagine if every coach started using that example or excuse as what Rudin's done. Imagine if, like, oh, yeah, Suarez, maybe he shouldn't have gone a bit of Anovich. But you got to remember, he grew up in the rough part of Montevideo. Like you, it's, it's and, a stupid and, argument in Montevideo where they're where they're biting each other's arms every day. Bro, I don't know what they're doing in Montevideo, but it doesn't excuse you going to biting someone. Like fuck, something we forget because this guy is a master of the dark arts. I'm not going to accept the I'm innocent kind of thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure, by the way, with Marcelo, I don't know if anyone's kind of mentioned this like out there, but he from his Leon days and stuff. I'm pretty sure he's quite well known for this sort of stuff. Forget the Leon days. I'm going to give you something that happened a couple of months ago. There you go. Yeah. Anyone watch Jason Cummings access all areas? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And you so Jason Cummings had the real problem, mate. Eh? Oh, how's your injury going? And 
turning him straight in the face. He knew the cameras were on there saying, mm. I'm going to hit you. This is to a veteran, you know? So God knows where he thought he was going to go with a 17-year-old. So, you know, I'm glad this caught up with him because we need this needs to be stamped out. Some people yeah. may say, oh, it's good. It's a character. A character's fine. But someone going out like this and doing this stuff and getting away with it and his coach saying he can keep doing it because he's getting away with it is just not on for me. And look, I understand yeah. it's a dark art. If you get away with it, you get away with it. Like the whole thing with Cummings, like you're trying to get in his head. I think that's probably the thing first and foremost. Mm. Mm. But there is a line. And in that moment on Friday, he crossed it. And he's right, been rightfully reprimanded for it. There's no point making excuses for it. It's something you cop on the chin. He, he fucked up. You move on. That's what you got to do. And he looked comfortable crossing it, which is why you need to be called. Yeah, that's not good. And <laughs> yeah, thing, no, that, yeah, the yeah. Captain, he's the captain, you know? Your captain needs to know better than this. Now, they're in this battle for the top two. Where's he at? Where's he going to be? You know, you need to be better than this. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, something like that. Honestly, I, I'd, I'd bet him for four games. Uh, I know that's, I know that's, I you know, and people might right, raise their eyebrows, but I think that's the, what he's yeah. done there. And, you know, people are probably going to look into it. So, oh, you're from Adelaide and you're trying, it's, it's got nothing to do. If he did that, if he did that to any other, you know, 17, if he did that to Noah Bottage, for example, I'd say the same thing. It's absolutely ridiculous what he's done. Look, I think when it comes to lawmaking and suspensions, age is probably going to get left out of it because at the end of the day, you're on a senior pitch. You're meant to be. Oh, no, 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 of course. Uh, I've just used a, another younger player. If you look at the, you've got to look at the incident individually. And in reality, I don't care if it's a 17 year old or 30 year old that he's doing it to. Yeah. The way he grabbed Aaron Kunda, it wasn't like how he grabbed Bar or how he grabbed Sale. He's gone he, behind Aaron Kunda and grabbed him from behind. Yeah. You do that to anyone, that's not right. And, oh, and, and dare I, dare I say, by the way, it happened twice. Yeah. And, and dare I say that if, if I'm an Adelaide United fan going into another game against the Wanderers, you know, down the track, if they meet come finals time, grand final, like I'd be worried about Nesta getting chopped down by this guy or, or Craig Goodwin. Like I'm, I'm sorry, but it has to be said, like, you know, the, when you see actions like that, it's kind of like, what else is this guy capable of? Um, so, you know. He's, it's, it's, it's not, it's really not good. You know, it's really not good. I think, um, you know, and to it, my closing remark would be that if you're looking at this and thinking, you know, like they're both at fault or like Nesta needs to calm down and, you know, Marcelo wasn't the right one. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Nesta needs to learn that part of the game. But I mean, <laughs> Marcelo is an experienced campaigner in Europe and he's, and he's literally, Got like in a borderline. I don't even know what it is. I, I, it's it's like another term than a headlock. What he's done there, he's like basically. It's like he's it's a brain snap. Uh, whatever he did, the point. Yeah, is a brain snap. Yeah, yeah, and it's not the first time. But anyway, my last my last um th- uh, question, I guess, to you guys on this is, and there's something I think I saw Robbie Cornthwaite tweet this during the game. But is this a grand final preview? Do you think? Do you think this could? Would you even? What are the point? Would you want this as the grand oh, final? We'll do it. We'll do it. The thing is, do you want this? And will it be? I think are two different questions. You, do you yeah, want this? Yeah. Yes, one hundred percent. It would be a fantastic grand final. Will it happen? I know City are in a bit of a rut, but you've got to understand they are a fantastic side, and especially come finals time, you can only expect them to find a way. Hmm. What about you, Antonio? For me. I'm very confident about Adelaide's chances. And, you know, you can prepare as much as you want on the pitch and things like that, but a real team shows up with those moments like the Irankunda and uh, Marcelo moment. Because with that hesitation, 
his teammates were there to defend him. And that speaks more about that team right now than any football action can. That was a team united, and I'm very confident they're going to finish off this season strong. Once you're in the finals, a completely different conversation, but, you know, they look good. I do think that um, Melbourne City, like Adelaide, has Melbourne City's number right now. I do feel Melbourne City's that way with the Wanderers. I need to see a bit more from the Wanderers before I'm convinced that they can get the job done against Melbourne City. To be fair, I was... Yeah. I know... we're going to get, you know, I'll actually, I'll save this for the second part. I'll save this for the second part. But I just add this is that, um, Lockie Bars, Lockie Bars, um, storming into that, um, melee was, was just, uh, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I thought, just, like, just one, uh, just yeah. one point before you can move on. Yeah. You're talking about mentality and how Adelaide in that, in that, sh- in that incident showed how united they are as a team. You can also say the opposite for the Wanderers where, you know, if you're talking about them going to finals, if things aren't going their way and their senior players are very quick to lose their heads. That's also not a good omen going into the finals. More to the point, your most senior player lost his head and your manager basically backed it up post game. So hey, you grew up I, in the favelas. Grew up in the favelas. Grew up in the favelas. You know, if you grow up in the favelas, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're allowed to do that stuff. So, you know, come on. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about these two teams, but also uh, a bit more of a focus on Melbourne City. Okay, so Melbourne City drew one all um, with Newcastle Jets. They stole a point right at the end um, with with the youngster Caputo, uh, which was good to see, I guess. But apart from that, there's not um, there's not a lot that's gone right from a Melbourne City perspective. Like they've won only one of their last four, um, and that was a two one win against Brisbane. Um, and um, I'm pretty sure some NPL teams might be able to beat Brisbane uh, the way with the way they're going at the moment so um you know with with all due respect um so yeah melbourne city not good um what uh what are we i guess what are we looking into this because um it's probably not boding well when adelaide are on the run that they're on mariners had a good confidence boosting win um against brisbane and then look the wanderers despite that defeat have still looked have still looked much better they had the derby win recently of course as well and melbourne city are just kind of stagnating i think Look, going for the Premier's plate, it, it's a different kettle of fish to the grand final. Um, I think one thing people kind of miss when, you talk, when we're talking about Melbourne City, Matthew Leckie, Richard van der Ven, that's two massive losses. I was just about to bring so, him up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never mind. So maybe we are paying attention to that part. We are. Yeah, we are. You're talking for the season running in particular. You don't have those two. You're talking two very big key cogs in the machine, Matthew Leckie, current um, Alex Tobin uh, leader at this point in time, unless things have changed in the past. Not 48 hours. I haven't really checked, um, very recently, but we'll move on from that part. But, um, you take those two out of a premiership title run. That's, that's a massive loss. From what I know, I believe they should be back for the final series. So once again, different kettle of fish. But yeah, if you're looking purely at the run in for first place, yeah, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried if I was a Melbourne City fan, just purely for not having those two there. Yeah. Well, I, I mentioned, so I've, I've written down here about Van de Ven and, and Lecky. My question is, can you really solely put it down to those two players missing? I understand. Look, I understand how important they are, but we just mentioned before around Melbourne City's depth. So if this depth is so good that they have, then you'd hope that they'd be able to get around these sorts of issues, right? You're talking about two players that are above average for an A-League standard as well. You're not talking about two 
Yeah, but James McLaren is. James McLaren is, right? Nuno Reish is. Nuno Reish I'd probably put in that regard. McLaren is another one that's stepping up, but you miss creativity around him as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Aiden O'Neill could be considered above average maybe. I'm going to win you a football game though. He's he's a very good player, don't get me wrong, but is he single-handedly going to grab a game? Well, you know, funnily enough, funnily enough, that 2-1 win against Brisbane, which was their only win in the last four games, that was Aiden O'Neill. He single-handedly <laughs> yeah, won yeah, in that game. So. <laughs> Just remember, <laughs> Melbourne City has been leading a game for like four months due to Aiden O'Neill goal. Yeah, okay, okay. Look, he, he can in that regard, but he's not going to do a week-in, week-out like say no, Matthew course, Becky is. And I'm not saying yeah. that to discredit Aiden O'Neill, I'm more talking about the role in a football team he plays. You're talking about more of a, you're talking about a six here. You're talking about someone who is stringing defense and midfield together, not someone that's always in front of goal and scoring. And it probably says more to the fact that how devastating this loss of Lecky and Van Der Ven is, is that O'Neill has had to be the one to step up to win him a game. So yeah, in a way, I think you've kind of proved my point here, Christian. I'm just going to end on that one. And it's just, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, sure. I mean, yeah. Um, it's easy to forget that Matthew Leckie was up there for the Johnny Warren. For me, he the mm. Johnny Warren was his to lose before he got injured. It was to the point where he was carrying them like Adelaide United has been carried by Goodwin at times. You just tuned in to watch Matthew Leckie do his thing. He looked by far and away the best player in the league to the point where he was rumored actually to be joining. Um, Trois in France yeah. with Patrick Isnorbo. Then you've got um, Van de Ven. Van de Ven's excellent. You can't, he's he's yeah, he's brilliant. And the other thing with last year, when Lecky hadn't hit the heights he had this season, they really relied on Berengay. And I feel after Berengay's injury, he's basically slotted into that spot. He's been as important to them as Berengay was. Now Berengay is back, making his way back to fitness today. He came off the bench. These guys will come in finals, hopefully. The league's better for them in the uh, in finals. But are they going to be the same impact players that left that City lineup? Because they were both... City looked untouchable with them in this year. Are they going to look the same? For me, someone like Florian Berengay really needs to lift this game again because he has had some time to do injury. That, that's that's his problem though. That's his problem. He can't. He he's he's got to play games. He's got to play games consistently. And if he does, then he can be he can be that guy. Yeah. And you bring up McLaren, and again, Jamie McLaren is a person and Aiden O'Neill to a point that they're there to make a good team even better. O'Neill is there to make sure he can shield that backline, that goalkeeper of a good team. McLaren is there to finish that good work. So you know, once those players come in and they're in top form. Players like O'Neill and McLaren will look even better for it. They have to step up. They can step up. But there's a big step between being a good final side and being the side that's holding up that tournament in the last well, day. Well, it's true about McLaren, I think, where he's – I actually agree, where he's not the type of striker who's basically going to put the team on his back and, and kind of take them to victories. I don't think he really is like that. I think he is more very reliant on service and that if he doesn't get that, then, you know, McLaren – there is something to be said that McLaren's kind of second half of the season hasn't been that great, to be honest, as well. It could definitely probably comes, probably yeah. comes down to the fact that he's lost a lot of good service around yeah, him. Yeah, like you yeah. said, McLaren's, I don't want to say he's a system player, but he mm, is mm. more of a poacher. He's get, get him in the box, get him the ball. You put him six outs from goal to score. And he's not going to be, that. he's not a very, he's not the same as someone like Jason Cummings where he can probably spear yeah, a hole that's right. back on his own. And when that team was at its peak at the start of the season, how many consecutive games 
is he scoring? You know, there's a reason behind it because everything was ticking and he was just doing what he does best. Yeah, and they got a whole bunch of penalties. Yeah. Well, it's not just that. Away from the penalties, though. He's, <laughs> he's, he's naturally a great finisher. And if, look, it, it says a lot about Melbourne City that they're able to create the chances for him. But he's also probably the best striker in the country doing that exact role. Well, yeah, recently. That's all I'm just going to say. But, but, yeah, but he's not had the same. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. I agree. Relax. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Far out. Oh, Cody's like, I didn't want to get one back up that quickly. Yeah, my God. Right Cody's out to get me tonight. Certain dub zone antagonistic pundit. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Raleigh, we love you. Um, we, do, we, do, like, we do love Raleigh. Raleigh's fantastic. We do. Um, but Cody, for some reason, is like, he's like, put, put like a, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Like, um, oh, Put a hit out on me or something tonight. You like you like I trying to hit on you. This is happening purely accidental. Purely accidental. Okay. All right. I'll just take don't say things I disagree with. Uh, he's missing the uh, <laughs> the conflict with Matt Olsen. He has to create one a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that comes after me. That, don't don't compare that. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Um. So I guess, but I was just thinking then as you guys were talking, and I was thinking about um about um. Caputo um, and how he got the goal today and stuff. And I was just thinking about Borges Rodriguez was another one and how he's on the bench. I just wonder for them, could they actually do from having a young wild card who could actually come off the bench late in a game to help them in these sorts of games, you know, in this kind of back end of the season? I wonder if, you know, because it seems like now Tilio's a starter oh, at the moment, at the moment, because of Lecky. Now I wonder, then again, you could say, well, when Lecky comes back, then Tilio's going to take up that role again. But I just think if they just had another, it's almost like maybe are they a guy short? I know that sounds ridiculous because they've got so much depth, but if they had one other young guy they could bring on late in the game to just change things, then that would really, I think, just kind of add something else, another layer to their team. You need something like that. Absolutely, you do. But I feel like that's an investment. And with an investment, you start early and you keep going over and over. That's what, going back to United, that's what Adelaide's done. I just feel like no, but I'm talking about yeah, but I'm talking about like no, I, I know. Back, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but yeah. you have the confidence to do that consistently to know that you will solve them if you make a difference. You need runs. You need to prove it to yourself. You can do it. I just don't think they've got it right now, and I think they've, they've left it very late to build mm. that confidence to the player. Caputo's come on, been able to do it again. How many more times we're going to see him produce that? I, I just think I just think if if Lecky's out. Naboo's having an off day. Like, Borges Rodriguez couldn't come in and, like, maybe do something. I mean, we saw him in that under 20 as you, Like, he's, you know, he's got talent for sure. So, I've done that I don't... for a year now, but it just, it's not a thing that yeah. happens. You know, and many other places who have gotten a lot more of a run that he's been getting there. And when Lecky was fin firing, this, this was the same argument, not to as big as a degree, with Tilio getting minutes, despite being able to play on the wings in a center attacking role. So, mm-hmm. It's of their own creation for me. And I don't know if Scott Jamison will be like necessarily too pleased that he's having to be played kind of and, and reshuffled into a midfield role because of because of the Van der Van absence, probably as well. That's probably not ideal. And he got sent off he got sent off, of course, um, you know, yesterday as well. So yeah, I don't know yeah, how how that's all gonna kind of shake out in the end. I mean, I think the bottom line is that they just need these two guys back. Um, and the quicker that they get these guys back, then then the better. Um, but I think there's maybe something else here around have have they changed a bit since Rado's come in and has he been has it been a negative change? Like, cause 
because it's clear they haven't been as dominant as when when Paddy Kisnovo was there. But it's natural that you're going to have an adaptation period. I just think is Rado Vidisic the type of manager who's you know. I guess I guess we put it out they're good enough to maybe lead a, a player who you know a, a playing group of this quality of this experience of this depth. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think with a club like City that's had two three years of being at the top, having someone like Patrick Isnovo in there to constantly keep him on their toes with his ruthless attitude is a real positive. Rado is very different than that. He's not that big personality which, again, nothing to do with the actual X's and O's of coaching, but just the character of it. I reckon Patrick Isnova really shakes the complacency mm. out of you. I don't know if Rada does that. The injuries haven't helped, obviously, but, again, still a long way to go, but I feel like City would benefit with a strong personality there. And, look, as much as we're talking about, yeah, those injuries, um, like you mentioned the injuries, the personality, Maybe if Kiznova or someone like him was at the helm, maybe the standards don't slip. Maybe they find a way to galvanize in those absences and push on. So, yeah, maybe there is a little bit of blame that can fall on Rado's shoulders in that regard. But, look, we saw how good he was with the A League Women's squad, who is a star squad, star-studded squad as well, mind you. So he is used to having big characters, very, very good players in front of him at his disposal. Um, Obviously, that transition period currently isn't working out, but you're going from... It's not like when a manager sacks because they're playing poorly, you bring someone in and it's like, okay, we've got to step up our game and you have that new manager bounce. This is, yeah. okay, we've been doing really well. We've lost a good manager. Let's see how this guy goes. And now you are going through that transition period where results are probably going to slip. And unfortunately, you're talking about a club like Melbourne City where they have been so used to success in recent years that it probably is just coming as a bit of a shock to everyone that they are on this decline. But And I'm going to use the same excuse that I talked about with Sydney FC how it was, um, you know, everyone's talking about a crisis period, even though they're still in the six for the time being. Well, the city are still first. So there is something still to hold on to. Is it a good situation? No, and I'll get that out early. Before I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit, di- it's a bit different. It's like Melbourne City lost, lost to their closest rivals four 0 at home. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, as you so say, there, yeah. there is, there's a massive point of difference there. It's definitely not crisis period that we're hitting. So I think if you give Ryder time, he has shown that he can be successful with this type of situation with a club the size well, of Well, I think they will. I think they will too. You know, we know what they're like. That's the City model too. So I yeah. think he, yeah, he is going to get and time. And it's not the first time they've promoted coaches through that in, through that route yeah. of the early women's side. So it'll come through. It's just going to take a bit of patience, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's have a look then. Um, then they enter the next game with a 1-0 lead. But if they somehow <laughs> yeah. let that slip, oh. I was just about to say that it's actually, it's actually not... Yeah, well, I was about to say it's not possible for City to actually lose 4 0 to their rivals in the next game because, um, yeah, they could lose 4 1. Um, yeah. If they lose 4 1, I'm going to hear a lot more than that. <laughs> and look, if City lose that game, I think the attention won't be on Rattle, but why were Melbourne Victory able to win three points out of that match? But I think we'll move on. Let's, that. let's, please, please, let's not. Um, next problem. <laughs> next, yeah, next problem, which is, uh, so let's, and the Mariners haven't come out come up at all uh in our in our conversation so far but the top four is what we're looking at here and the run-ins uh to end the season so city of course they've still got um uh 4.75 uh games to go um so they've got the the uh the the resumed derby i think i'm gonna call it on the on on wednesday against against victory uh going into a one nil up just so bizarre to read that out loud um and then you've got 
the Knicks at home, Mariners away, Western away, and Wanderers at home. So that's City's run-in. Wanderers, we're looking at MacArthur away, Victory at home, Knicks at home, City away. And then Adelaide, Sydney at home, Western away, Perth away, and Mariners at home. Western and then the Mariners. What's that, Antonio? <laughs> Western at home. Western, Western at home. Sorry, I've written my H like an A. So, so there you go. Um, and then the Mariners have got Western away. That one is actually away. Uh, City at home, the Jets away, and Adelaide away. So there's actually quite a few instances. I mean, we actually just talked about this off air where the last round we've got City, City Wanderers and Mariners Adelaide in the last round. So, um, you know, wow. <laughs> because the Mariners have actually just bumped up above uh above the wanderers um uh this weekend so they they now factor into i guess the top two conversation look it's adelaide's probably to lose now though so um it's it's gonna be it's gonna be quite juicy i think i don't know if it's adelaide's to lose the six points clear Second, second. This oh, second. second. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> oh, what you think I was saying first? Yeah, I thought you meant that at least. Yeah, I don't for a second. What? <laughs> I can read. I can read a table. Jesus, you see what I mean? Cody's got an alpha me again. What, what the hell no, tonight? No, no, no. no. I, I misheard. I apologize. I permanently apologize, Christian. Absolutely, you apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I think there's some other interesting fixtures though, because the Mariners still play City, so there's that one, and that's going to be that's going to be in Gosford as well. So that that you know that's not an easy one for City. Um, even you know Adelaide Adelaide's running is you know sneaky difficult as well because you've actually got three teams who are now kind of fighting for this weird fifth sixth kind of late season run, which is kind of giving me very similar A League woman. Uh, vibes <laughs> where where all of a sudden like the finals kind of spots us kind of up for grabs because Adelaide got Sydney, Western and Perth in the next three games and that Perth one is away too so um, it's not as straightforward maybe for them at the same time as us saying that they've you know second is in their hands it's not going to be straightforward what benefits Adelaide is that three of those last four are at home mm. and also these teams are in that fifth sixth conversation because they're just not very consistent and Adelaide has been the model of consistency the last month. Score many, concede many. You know what you're going to expect. You know what you're going to get. Um, I do agree with you that Adelaide are the favourites now for the second position. Being from Adelaide, I know that a lot of people will be very upset if they manage to somehow let that second position go for mm. now. But I reckon the Central Coast Wanderers kind of battle for third is going to be very interesting. Especially since, for example, Central Coast have that match against Melbourne City, because then that has premiership implications too. If Adelaide keeps winning, mm. so I really like how this is this is all entangled with each other. This no, absolutely no, and I think I think the Wanderers probably have the best run in there. So they've got Macarthur away, victory at home. Um, and what's interesting about that is, and it was actually, it was funny because I was just thinking about this, uh, as I was looking at it with, with Cody's comments before about the Uruguay thing and the fact that it looks like Fornaroli won't actually come up against Marcelo in that game. Um, cause then that would have been, that would have been a uh, matchup <laughs> to watch for sure. And then the Wanderers got the Knicks at home after that. And Wellington, I think we should bring up the fact that I think they're looking over their shoulder now and trying to make sure that they just retain their kind of fit spot. Um, because I think a home final is 
look, they're only three points off the Wanderers and Mariners, so let's not totally overreact. But with what's kind of going on there, we've already discussed on the previous pods around kind of Talley and this and the other, that they're probably in a stage where they should just worry about kind of cementing fifth, making sure they just get in finals and not dropping out and having any late season collapse. And with the Wanderers to be taking on them at home with the second last game is probably good. Um, but yeah. City Wanderers, Mariners, Adelaide. I mean, it's uh, yeah, that's that's box office stuff to finish the season. And I don't know, could we have a scenario where you know fans in, I mean, where fans in, um, you know, Adelaide are kind of just you know um, preparing for some kind of premiership? I I don't know. It's it's going to be it would be bizarre. I mean, that that was the other thing I was going to say before is that remember mid season where we were just kind of like. I mean, how does City not stroll to the premiership here? And then how things have just changed so much. It's just kind of really strange when you think about it. It's just very good to have premiership, top two, home finals, top six, all in play. You know, clubs that we're talking about for the one spoon before the international break are in the race to get that sixth spot. Mm. So it's just everyone is still engaged with this because this can go a hundred different ways. So if you're if you support an A-League club, you are fighting for something right now, which is not always the case at this part of the season. So it's going to be very interesting and a lot to play for for very many clubs here. No, yeah, well, it looks like it looks like eleven out of the ten club, uh, eleven out of the ten, eleven out of the twelve clubs are something to uh, have something to play for. Um, and I don't include Brisbane because I think they should just um, yeah, probably just kind of call it a day. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, any Cody? Anything you want to add on this uh, on this discussion we've had around the uh, around the top four? I think if you're talking about Wellington, sorry, I think if you're talking about Wellington, as much as yeah, they're kind of looking over their shoulder, they're looking ahead. It's a weird one because yeah, they're only three points away from that top four, and they're very very much still in that battle to have something to say about it. But how much does that pressure that's coming up behind and play onto them, especially when we've we've spoken a fair bit about? Well, maybe happening behind the scenes. Obviously, we don't really know, but mm. does that pressure get to them where maybe they do focus so much on, yeah, let's chase the top, ta- sorry, let's chase the top four, let's chase the top four that maybe their standards do slip and suddenly they're actually fighting for a final spot altogether. You're talking about inconsistency with those teams battling for the top six or for that final six spot, mm. but going into the final rounds of the season, they have something to play for. They're all going to make sure they're stepping up in these final rounds. So if, Wellington aren't careful in that regard, or maybe do get a bit too relaxed and say, our final spot's clear, we're just chasing for the top four. Suddenly that's in danger as well. Well, and the other thing is that they've got, they've got City and, uh, the Wanderers away in that, in those last four games. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I'd be, I'd be a little bit concerned if I'm Wellington fan. I I don't think they're going to drop out. I don't think they're going to drop out, but I just think, um, you know, that they've, yeah, got to be careful. They've got to be careful. They've got to be careful. So, yeah. I agree that they stay in mm. just because of the inconsistency of what's below them. Yeah. I just want to add one more thing for me. We do mention it off air, but just a message to anyone that's living in Adelaide or Melbourne. 28th of April, get to Highmarsh Stadium and get to Amy Park because we've got Adelaide yeah. United Central Coast. We've got Melbourne City Wanderers. That's our top four who are more than likely still going to be playing for top two. For the Premiership, we talk about, oh, Premier League, the simultaneous kickoff in the last round where everything's up for grabs. This is one of the closest things we get here. You can get a home final out of it. You can get a week off out of it. You can get the Premiership out of it at that stage. So 
something to really watch. And, you know, any of these results will more than likely still be on the table against four clubs that can beat the other club on the mm. day. So it will be very exciting. I'm really looking forward to our last round. But yeah, absolutely. And uh, that. Yeah. Not just that. If you're in Gosford, if you're in Western Sydney, book, book a day off, book a day of annual leave if you can. Mm. Mm. Get down to those games. Get some traveling support. And yeah, if you're a neutral, get the, get the dual screen on the laptop, one on the TV, do what you can. Maybe Channel 10 will do something for it. We don't know. But look, my dream, my dream scenario for that day is first place, fourth place, three point gap. Anything can happen. If that's the case, we would be in for a treat. It's wishful thinking, but how good would that be? Just chaos. Yeah. Oh, and while you're at it on the 29th of April, Melbourne Victory hosting Brisbane Raw. So, I mean, you can get out to that game as well. Um, that's sarcasm. That's sarcasm, guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to wake up your man for a sec. This ain't battle for a wooden spoon or something. <laughs> the way this season is going. It's crazy, uh, crazy, though, because technically those two teams are kind of in the race of the top six. I know you said Brisbane Raw, maybe not, but... Bre- come on. No, 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 come on. Brisbane are not. Brisbane are not. After what I, after, after what I saw... Technically, after what technically I saw, mathematically, they are. Stop, stop with your technically, mathematically bullshit, okay? It does have... Hey, 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 hey. Six, week, six weeks ago on Front Page Dub, I said Canberra and Perth are mathematically in the race of the top four, and I got ridiculed. And what happened in the last couple of weeks? They made a bloody push yeah, for because, the top four. Well, yeah, because that was like mid-season. Brisbane have just lost. <laughs> but everyone said the top hammered. four race was done then too. Listen, Brisbane have just got absolutely pulled apart from limb to limb by, by the Mariners with like four games to go. It ain't happening. All I'm right? not saying it will happen. I'm saying there's a chance. But I'm saying there's to very, you, I didn't very even, minute I'm saying, chance. I'm saying to you, I didn't even want to hear the technically argument. I didn't even want to, I, I didn't even want to give air yeah, time to the, the technical argument. Everyone thought Melbourne oh, Victor was down and now they got a couple wins. They push on. these big topics out of average teams. <laughs> I know. And Antonio's <laughs> actually right. I have to, I have to side with Antonio's on this as well. Come on. Come on. I'm not like siding against me. Hey, <laughs> who's just attacking who now? Are you, are you talking about me having a go at you all night? You really flipped the script you're having now. You, well, yeah, because you're being like negative all night, and then it's like, and then it's like, <laughs> I'm trying to be positive here. <laughs> Wait, when is I trying to be negative? That's what I mean. There's too much positivity. It's you're too positive, Cody. Too positive. <laughs> we need right? the positive voice here, man. The yin and yang. Both is important. There's all, there's a little bit of each in the other. Ah, uh, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's, let's, let, let's let's wrap this up before before me and Cody try and fight each other through the, through the screens. <laughs> um, all right, make sure you check us out on uh, on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Front Page Football. No, not at Front Page Football. At Front PG Football. Now I'm gonna I'm getting social tags wrong. Um, Facebook Front Page Football. Uh, LinkedIn we're on there as well. TikTok we're on there as well. Um, and the website as well, of course. Uh, FrontPageFootball.net. All right, boys. Thanks for joining me uh, on another episode of the pod. And uh, yeah, we'll be back on this feed next Monday for for a bit more of an A-League Men uh, deep dive. Bye for now.